Bingo, bongo, bango, the boys are back. Chris, let the people know. We are here talking college basketball. Uh, agenda for today, we got recap from last week, notable games. Then we are talking initial committee top 16. Thoughts on that? We're going into current events, talking fight breaking out. And then we are going into noteworthy games that you're going to want to keep an eye on this coming week. Bang. So, most impactful games in the last week. We're going to run through them day by day. And then we're going to talk about them. Starting with Monday. Monday to Sunday. Monday to Sunday. Yes, Monday to Sunday. We got Kansas taking a big L at Texas Tech. 50-79. to 79. Wednesday, mm-hmm. number 11, South Carolina, went to Auburn, who was number 13. Oof. They lost 61 to 101. Yeah, not great. Bad. Friday, we got New Mexico going to San Diego State. New Mexico lost 70 to 81. Did I say San Diego State? Mm-hmm. Uh, two of the top teams in the Mountain West. Then Saturday, big game. Marquette at UConn. It didn't end up being a big game because Marquette, who was number four, lost 53-81 to at number one UConn. Uh, Kentucky, who was 22, they went on the road and beat Auburn, who was number 13, 70-59. We got McNeese and Nichols. McNeese was the number one team in the Southland. Nichols was number two, and McNeese won 74 to 47. Dominated. We got Moorhead State losing 82 to 88 at UT Martin. Those are the top two teams in the Ohio Valley Conference. And, well, is it Ohio Valley? Which, yeah. The Ohio Valley Conference? Yeah. The OHVC? OVC? OVC. Yeah, there's no H. Interesting. Yeah. Uh,. So that was an upset. We got Eastern Washington, 84. They lost to Weber State, who scored 90. So the score was 90 to 84. Eastern Washington's been running through that conference all year. Weber State's number three currently. They're on a bit of a hot streak. Last game on Saturday, that was notable. Yale lost their first conference game in the Ivy League this year to Princeton, 73-62. That was an upset. We'll see how that conference shakes out. Going down the stretch, we got Sunday here. Number 24, FAU lost at South Florida. South Florida's number one conference in the American, uh, which is a surprise. FAU was ranked number 24, but now they're in third place. And to wrap it up, Quinnipiac lost 66-80 to at Niagara. They were previously and currently are the number one team in the MAC. However, it's getting a little bit tighter since Niagara was number three. And they just beat them handily on Sunday. Yeah, I think uh, there's obviously the big conferences and the small conferences, but like Eastern Washington losing is big time. They were mm-hmm. a potential upset alert last year, making the tournament, and it did not amount no, to. No, did not. They were upset. they were fun to watch. They were, didn't amount. They to didn't it. even make it to the tournament. No, they didn't. They were supposed, but they were a team to yeah. potentially watch. Yep. Going into it, obviously you have different with Kentucky. Going to Auburn, basically not whooping Auburn, but beating them pretty decent at Auburn. 
especially after Auburn just smoked South Carolina. That's a pretty mm-hmm. big win, especially for that Kentucky team. But, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of teams. Like, you look at these teams. We've talked about this before. Like, Kansas losing again, mm-hmm. not looking very good, and then coming back and looking very good. I mean, all these games are going to play a huge part in the next thing we talk about where, like, the top 16 teams. But I think it's just as every single game now is so important, especially for these bubble teams. Like, some of these teams are mm-hmm. solidified. But for these bubble teams, I mean, that's a huge win if you can go beat Kansas or you can beat Texas Tech or you can beat Auburn. Kentucky for beating Auburn. Granted, Kentucky wasn't on the ropes, but it's just a great win at Auburn. It gives them a little bit more confidence. And this is usually the point when Kentucky, if they're going to make a run, turns it around Mm -hmm. and they go from here. So maybe that's the win they needed. Yep. I think the smaller conference games, they, uh, they don't give the number one team in that conference the confidence they need going into the tournament. If they're losing to the third best team in the conference, if they're losing to the fourth best team in the conference, that's not what you want mm-hmm. when you're approaching the conference tournament and you know that only one team is going to make it from your conference. Right. You want to be letting the other teams know, hey, this is our conference. You guys don't even have a shot. But it doesn't seem like a lot of those teams that we mentioned are doing that. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of the teams, too, like, especially when you look at McNeese smoking nickels, like, I feel like McNeese they, is always the top of their conference. They are letting them know, hey, this is our conference. You guys don't even have a chance. Right. Well, especially for these smaller conference schools, like, once you go to the tournament, you're obviously a big underdog. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to make it there, which is great. But, yeah, I think for some of these teams, they really need to start showing out. And dominating these other teams and then ride that going into their tournaments. Yep. With any kind of momentum they can going into the, uh, that big tournament for sure. That's right. So so we talked about the teams that could upset a team in March Madness. We've got the first look at the top 16 of the initial committee uh, projections. Mm-hmm. So they break it down. They give us four teams in each region. Break it down. Who's the number one team who's the number 16 team everything in between and they put them into regions which i think is interesting so we're going to break it down for you we've got the top four teams are purdue at number one which obviously is going to change but when this came out at the beginning of the weekend Mm -hmm. we got purdue at number one uconn at number two houston at three and arizona at four those are the top four teams all on the one seed line yeah then, so if we're going into the Midwest region, that's where Purdue is, the number one team. We've got Purdue at one, Tennessee, who is the sixth ranked team at the two line, Baylor at the three line, they're the number 10 overall team, and then San Diego State, the four seed in that region at number 14 overall. Does it change? Like, is the number one overall seed, is it based off of more so, like, location? Like, if UConn's yep. the number one, they won't be the Midwest. They'll be, like... They'll the be east. in the East. Got it. Yep. Got it. So, uh, we'll run through the other three regions, then we can kind of commentate on it. Uh, we got, in the East region, UConn, number two overall seed. With them is U- University of North Carolina on the two line. They're the number five overall team. Iowa State is on the three line. They're the number 11 team overall. And then Wisconsin, four line, uh, number 16 overall. Okay. South region, you got Houston. So, so far, the regions are separating nicely to where the one seed 
is just naturally. Mm-hmm. We got Houston at the one line. Marquette is the number uh, two seed in this region, number seven overall. Then you got Alabama, the nine, number nine overall at the three seed. And then Illinois is the 15 overall there on the four line. Okay. Then the last region is Arizona, number four seed. So all four number one seeds are in kind of the natural region that they should be in. Uh, Arizona, number four overall. And the last one seed, Kansas, is the number eight overall team on the two line. Duke is the number three in this region, number 12 overall. And then Auburn is the number 13 overall on the four line. Yeah. Um, Well, obviously, there will be a lot more movement. I think when you look at it, I think UConn is probably going to jump to the number one overall seed. I don't Absolutely. know if that will change anything. I think Purdue obviously having a few bad losses and still having playing other teams a lot closer. It seems like mm-hmm. UConn's kind of running away with it and solidifying themselves. But I do think it's interesting in the South what it has right now. Like I don't think North Carolina's a two seed at all. I think they could drop that's out in of the, that's in the east. Oh, are they in the east? Yes. Oh, so whatever North Carolina's in, I don't think they'll be a two, end up as a two seed at all. I think they could be lucky to be a four seed. They have played very poor in a lot of games. Mm-hmm. And then the other team, well, I mean, I hate to dog on them. I dog on them all college football, but like Wisconsin, they just keep <laughs> losing. Yep. And granted, it's the Big Ten, but but like you went on these streaks, and I, I mean, they just lost another game on the road. They just also don't look very good. So, I mean, I don't know. There's still a lot of time, but I think when you look at it, those four number ones will probably stay number ones, I think. I think that's the most realistic uh, outcome mm-hmm. is that they stay on the one line. And the only reason I say that, I will caveat this, the only reason I say this is because I don't see any other team being able to jump up into that one seed. Like, I think when you look at those four ones, like I said, UConn solidified, I think Purdue is a number one. But I also think Houston's a very interesting team because the way Houston plays, very good defensively, rebounds the crap out of the ball. But scoring-wise, they rely on a, like Jamal Shedd to play very well. And they just beat Iowa State by seven, and LJ Cryer had six points. So it's like if LJ – and then uh, Shedd had 28 mm-hmm. or 26. So it's like they rely on those guys so much. And some of these other teams just – you need more than that. So, But it'll yeah. be interesting. I think they're still a good team. They're fun to watch. The top, just don't score as The much. top three are solidified. I think Arizona could drop off just because the Pac-12 overall – is not as good top to bottom. So if they drop one or two to teams that are maybe not as good, then that's something that would obviously dock them. Yeah. The only thing is the teams on the two line and the teams on the three line, they're not giving us anything to uh, think that they're going to jump up to the one seed line. Right. And I mean, I think I think there's arguments for some of them maybe, but like Kansas is up there. But then also at the same time, like they've had a few bad losses, and then Marquette just got smoked by UConn. I mm-hmm. mean, if that game's closer, you sure you could say, okay, maybe Marquette maybe. in there. Yeah. Tennessee and like I already said, North Carolina is not my favorite. So the other thing that I think uh, is funny to look at is if you start looking at the overall seeds in each region. I mean, in theory, you would think that the number five overall team should be in the region with the number four overall team, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, just based off of region and not putting uh, teams in the same conference in that 
in the region of the number one seed of that region, mm-hmm. then they kind of shifted around. So, like, you look at the West region, it has Arizona, who's the number four overall, so the worst number one seed. You have Kansas, the number eight overall, so the worst number two seed. You have Duke, the number 12 overall, which is the worst three seed. Mm-hmm. So you have the worst number one, the worst number two, the worst number three seed, all in the same region. Yeah, which, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, there's gotta be that's some funny kind of how that works. Or some kind of well, I think it's based on location? region, like location of the school, and also like not putting the same teams yeah, in the same conference. Yeah, yeah. yeah so like uh, Kansas, I don't think, can be with Houston because right. they're in the same conference, yeah. right? Same thing where UConn can't be with Marquette. Mm-hmm. So it makes them a lot more fun. Yeah, I mean, there still will be, like we said, a lot of movement, if not there already has been. Mm -hmm. But I think, like you said, those four teams are definitely far superior compared to the the rest of the field. Yep, we're going to do a little exercise here. You're going to have to make a final four just based off of the top four seeds uh, in each region, and you have to take one team from each seed line. So it has to be a number one, a number two, number three, a number four. Okay. Um. And you're going to work through that and give us a uh, final four from the regions. So if I I say a number, hypothetically, if I said a number one from the east, I can't pick a two, three, or four from the east. And I can't have another number one. You can't have another number one, and obviously you can't pick a team from that region. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, Obviously, we all know the craziness of March Madness and the likelihood that only teams in this one through four range are going to make the uh, final four or the fa- uh, if uh, like multiple number one seeds, multiple number two seeds make the final four. All of those are very realistic. But for this exercise, we're just going to do, you get one number one, one number two, one number three, and one number four. Okay. So lay uh, it on us. This kind of sucks. But because I want to pick UConn because I think they're obviously the number one. Mm-hmm. But I'm also trying to look ahead and say, you know what? I'll go. I'll go like this. I'll go UConn number one. Mm-hmm. Then I'll go. I guess I gotta make sure because my I'm looking at a different thing. Kansas number two. They're not in the same right. Okay. UConn number one. Kansas. These teams are whack. Um, can't pick that. So I got. I'll take Alabama and then San Diego State. That okay. works, right? I did that right. So this is like the one, two, three, four. So yep. I did UConn, Kansas, Alabama, San Diego State. Yep, that so works. That works. Okay. Well, do you have one? Yep. I'm gonna go UConn as my one seed. Tennessee as my two seed. <laughs> Alabama as my three seed. And Auburn as my four seed. Okay. The hard part is, like I said, yeah. The thing I'm looking at has Auburn and UConn in the same. But, yeah, I agree. I think I think this is – it's hard when you get to the four seeds because, to be honest, they're – I don't think any of them are really – Auburn's okay. There are people talking about Illinois as the next best thing. I know. And then I watch them. I just don't get it. But even like this, yeah, like Duke's showing a little flaws too. Mm-hmm. But there you go. Yeah, there you go. So we'll see what happens. 
both have UConn, I guess, pulling, cutting down the ropes. It's hard not. It's not. It's hard not to pick them to in this type of exercise to get to the championship or the At final four. Final four. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yep. And I don't know if you saw, but there was a fight. Yeah. Uh, there was a brawl, which is I think. And I'm just saying this, and I this is probably like a little. David and I rant. are neither. Neither of us are fighters. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, guaranteed zero percent. Or lovers. Um, we will talk a little bit. There's a little bit of shit talking. But with that being said, I think it seems like there's a lot more like aggressiveness now in these sports. This is not the first fight. Like there was that one guy who just. Uh, who was it for? Was it Kansas State or somebody? TCU maybe some team mm-hmm. early on in the year. You just like literally sucker punched the guy. I can't remember. But this is like the third or fourth fight, and it's like so the so the what fight is going on? the fight was Incarnate Word versus Texas A and M Commerce. They just finished a hard fought battle, overtime game, uh, and as they were going through the uh, the handshake line, there were some words being said, and then the guys that had already gone through the line come back as <laughs> always good the aggression flares up yep and then there were punches thrown and a big scuffle and and being non-fighters do you, what would someone have to say do you think to you after the game is over like i know adrenaline's still high the competitive spirit's still there sure but Truly. After the game over, like, what would they actually have to say to you to be like, "I'm gonna go back and punch that human being"? Well, they're like, they the people that started it weren't going back. They were right next to each other, and like they were towards the end of the handshake line. Oh, so they, but then the other guys came back around. But then the people that had already gotten through the handshake well, line, they were walking back to the locker rooms. But obviously, if they turn around and they see their teammate, hear it all. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, that's good teammate. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, good teammate is like trying to diffuse the situation and like having your teammates back but at the same time like let's cool it right. I don't, to go back to your it's question it's also hard though too because like on that topic like they could try to be diffusing it but it's just such a melee that you have no idea but then right. there's always yeah a few of those guys who quote unquote might come back and try to diffuse it but they're also throwing a punch or two yeah <laughs> and i mean i would say most of the time arms are just kind of like flailing all over the place it's a combination of like trying to grab your guy but then also like try and separate people and so it's just never a good situation uh to go back to your question what would somebody have to say um i truly don't know if there's anything somebody could say to get me to fight and i will will say this i I don't know that just doesn't i would probably just laugh at them yeah it's a different sport well especially if you win too even if you lose. I mean, it's different. I get it. Like I said, the adrenaline's high, and also it's different basketball versus other sports. There's also a difference between, like, just, like, shoving somebody and, like, actually throwing a punch. Like, okay, maybe they say something that you don't like, and you, like, kind of push them away. Yeah. But to actually, like, throw a punch, I don't think there's really anything that yeah. would make me Well, that's that. what I'm saying is, like, first of all, also, it just ruins your reputation i feel like as a player like mm-hmm. if you're that guy like you threw the punch like what do you think the ramifications should be do you think that the people that threw punches should be kicked off the team do you think they should be suspended do you think they should go on as if nothing happened how many people like how many people 
you know how many people three punches? Like, like I'm not exactly sure. I think no. it's a handful. So this is always my question, though. I mean, long answer short. It's hard because, to be honest, if someone swings and you're in that mood, like, what you're mo- probably going to swing mo- back. What mood, David? But I'm saying, like, it's different for everybody. Like, like I said, and like we've prefaced, we're not fighters, so it really has never come out. But if someone was, if you were, like, amped up and were, like, pissed off and you were a fighter and someone threw a punch at you, I think it's completely necessary to throw a punch back. Okay. You're protecting yourself. Yeah. But I also think at the same time, like I said, you have some of those guys who just want to join the fight just to throw a cheap shot and get their punches in. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think. So what do you think? The, I think a suspension uh, result should be suspension for sure. Um, I don't know about kicked off the team though. I think kicked off the team is a little, in my eyes, aggressive. Um, depending on the person, if you're the person that started that whole thing, yes, mm-hmm. you probably should be kicked off the team. If you're a person, what if, that, the, what if it's their best player? That's okay. I don't give a shit. What are we? What are we portraying here? I'm just asking because so if you're, if you're, because it's happened before where yeah. if they're an important player, they get it's like, like ah, yeah. let, me, let me just slap you on the wrist yeah, and you can just stay playing every single game. Yeah, 100%. And I think here's the difference too. Like, There's other things that happen where a normal player would get suspended for a longer time. And like you said, depending on who the player is, they might only get one game. Or a half. Right, yeah. Or they might get allowed to come back the I next feel, game. I feel like most of the time they only like suspend people or players for halves if it's football. Like It's yeah. it's kind of hard Not to suspend a player for a half in a basketball game. Yeah, but on top of that, I will say it's sometimes where it's like, oh, you're our best player, you did something wrong. Well, we're only going to suspend you one, suspend you one game mm-hmm. or two games. Yeah. Two nine uh, conference games. Uh, we don't play anybody good for the next two games. Okay, we'll give you two. Yeah, actually, let's look at the schedule. Oh, mm-hmm. we don't. Okay, good. Yeah. We're okay, two, okay two's, twice. Okay, You're two's good. good. Yeah, two's good. But not, guess what? Not three. Not and then three. guess what? The school will come out and be like, we suspended him two yep. games. We're good people. Then you look at their schedule. You're like, okay. <laughs> yes. You didn't even play your starters. For exactly. So, that happens every time, it yeah, seems. Yeah, I think, I think the way, well, the way it should be is I don't care who you are. You should be suspended. But like you mm-hmm. said, if we're talking about what the NCAA probably will do, depending on who the player is, I would say you have to do at least two games. Yeah. At least, I mean, at least. I'm saying, like, sure, it could be more, but you're not going to, if it's your best player, you're not going to suspend him for the conference tournament. You're not. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it depends. So that probably means at max. Four games, is that? Four or five games, yeah. Yeah, at max. Mm -hmm. Minimum two, maximum four. Yeah. What the NCAA will do. Is it right? No. Is a lot of things the NCAA does right? Nope. Debatable. That is debatable. (laughs) That's right. That was probably the biggest thing that happened in the last week uh, in terms of current events. So we'll just keep you updated yeah. as, as other things pop up. Yeah, that's crazy. Also, just just play your heart out and talk to Smack on the court and shove him on the court. You don't need to do it through the handshake line. Yeah, that's right. It's like, dude, Completely agree. Yeah. Let's look, let's look ahead to this coming week, some notable games that we got coming up. We're going to do the exact same format and give you them by day. By day it is. Well, we had one on Monday. Monday. Iowa State went to Houston. Yeah, and Houston won. Top, like a matchup about. of top six teams in the country. Yeah, Iowa State's kind of sliding kind of right through. I mean, I, they're not very talked about. I know mm. you're not a huge fan of their coach. but They're like, just they're, solid. Yeah, they're just good. They just mm-hmm. win games. Yep, they're very balanced. They're a very balanced team. They don't have one, one guy that's scoring 30 points a night. They have probably four to six guys that are all scoring between, like, Eight to fifteen points a game. Right, which is it's good beneficial. and bad. Yeah, 
It's good and bad. Uh, then we fast forward to Tuesday. We've got UConn at Creighton. That's probably the biggest one of the night. But then also no slouch of a game is San Diego State at Utah State. As mentioned before, there's five teams within one game at the top of the Mountain West Conference. And so this is a big week for for that conference we got san diego state at utah state on tuesday mm-hmm. um a little side note san francisco at st mary's on tuesday uh which is the top two teams in the west coast conference but then an additional mountain west game on wednesday colorado state at new mexico so between the two days tuesday and wednesday you've got four of the top five teams in the mountain west yeah so do you, here's a question for you when is the last time do you like St. Mary's has always been up there with Gonzaga. I feel like yep. it's always them two. Those two. Now Gonzaga's kind of taking a little bit of a step back, you could say. One year. This is the, the one year, year, but that's what I'm saying. First the one year. year. San Francisco's mm-hmm. always been decently solid. San Francisco's always kind of been in that three to four range three in that conference. Yep. Yeah. So it's like one of those things now where this would probably have to be one of the first few years that I can remember that mm-hmm. Gonzaga doesn't win that conference. Well, or doesn't go to the tournament. Like if they don't go to the tournament. The other, yeah, the other part of it is, is they just played Kentucky and beat them a couple yeah. weeks ago. And leading up into that game, if they would have lost that game, there was a very real possibility that they would not be in the uh, March Madness tournament. So it was very big for them that they won that game um, to keep their hopes alive. That kind of propelled them because of the caliber of win that was. But uh, it would be very beneficial uh, for them to get to the tournament by winning their conference tournament. Yeah, I mean, because their last two games are at San Francisco and at St. Mary's. Okay, so, so that could decide. Those are big games. Yeah. They also will benefit. I don't know exactly what the conference standings are, but if they're a top two seed going into their conference tournament, their conference tournament structure is very different <laughs> than everybody walk, because – it's basically a big greater than sign. So the worst four teams play the first day. The next day, the winners of those games play the next two teams. So if you're one of the top two seeds going into the conference tournament, you have a bye to the semifinal round. So all you need to do is win two games to win that conference tournament. So if they're able to be the second the number two seed in their conference tournament, then all they have to do is win two games and they get the automatic bid. All the worrying goes away. Yeah. And it will be very interesting. I mean, I do you think there's a possibility that three teams from this conference could make the tournament? No. So it would be two. So if hypothetically Gonzaga it's loses two, to maybe San Francisco, one. It's two, maybe one. Right. So obviously the well, obviously the winner. But like I'm saying, like if, if Gonzaga loses to San Francisco, are their chances pretty much done unless they win the tournament? Uh, they're on the edge. It depends on the re- rest of the regular season. Like if they beat St. Mary's at the end of this year yeah. of the regular season, they have to win one of them. Uh, I would say they probably have to win out wow. in the regular season. And then if they lose to St. Mary's in the championship, then I think that they're probably good. Okay. So they have to beat St. Mary's. One of the two times that they would play them, either regular season or conference tournament, if they beat them in the conference tournament, then that would mean that they would win, so they'd yeah. be in. Yeah. But that's how I kind of view that. Interesting, you're not having them. Yeah, it would be. Uh, back to the preview. So Thursday, we've got a couple. Uh, well, one smaller conference game. We've got Grand Canyon at Tarleton State. Uh, that's the West West. Western Athletic Conference, that's what it is. 
it was escaping me for a little bit. Uh, top two teams in that conference, Grand Canyon is. Uh, Grand Canyon's pretty good. They have one conference loss so far, and I think they are in the projected seeds. I want to say they're like a around a six to seven seed. So. 11 seed on this thing. They're 11? They well, actually faced St. Mary's first. I don't know about that. I think they might be better than that. Uh, the second game, we got Washington State, who's on an absolute roll lately. They're at Arizona, a pair of top 25 teams. Yeah, Arizona's very good. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a good matchup, yeah. Yeah, it'll help Arizona that they're at home in that game. If it was at Washington State, I think it could actually be a uh, game that Arizona might drop. But being at home is going to make a big difference. Uh, fast forward to Saturday, we got Houston at Baylor, battle of uh, battle of the, what is it, probably best two teams in Texas? Now this year, yeah, right? Houston, Texas Baylor. Texas isn't really there, and mm-hmm. Texas Tech. Yep, then we got, we're going to throw UNC at Virginia, a pair of, two, a pair of teams that uh, I think they have six and seven losses respectively. So a pair of conference team or a pair of tournament teams, a pair of ACC conference teams, and uh, you got one team that likes to play offense, and you got one team that likes to play defense. So the pace is going to determine that game. Finish out with Alabama at Kentucky. Uh, that could be a good game. I will say this Two also, of probably the most important teams in the SEC. Yeah, I will say this also about Virginia. I know they're defensive-minded, but this year I feel like they're getting a lot more exposed on the defensive end. They're giving up a lot more points, it seems like. And they, like you said, they don't score. They have to be if they're – they probably won't be the favorite in the first round if they make it to the tournament. But, I mean, last year obviously – They might. They were, they were winning quite a bit, quite a few games in a row there. I think they would for sure be on upset alert just because – I think they're – yeah, they're always on upset alert. Um, but then again, they were probably on upset alert when they won, won the championship. So, yeah. that's just the style that they play. The, they keep lesser teams in it. Uh, for longer, and if you do that too often, it's like you you're flying too close to the sun. Well, you got the the chance to get burned, but usually do get burned if you're too close to the sun. But on the flip side, you have games that maybe you don't have as good of a chance at, at winning that uh, you can keep closer and then grind out the wins. Mm-hmm. So it goes both ways. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But there you have it. Hope you like the new style, uh, breaking it up by uh, sport. Sporting event. And uh, that's college basketball. We'll talk to you guys next week.